Paul here with today's tip to help you pass ACLS. One of the most frequent things I'm asked to review as students prior to starting the Megacode practice is heart blocks. Reading ECGs isn't a skill you learn once and forget. It takes practice to remain proficient. People that work in roles where ECG monitoring isn't part of their daily job would do well to review ECGs every few days for a week or two before their ACLS class. Learning the characteristics of specific ECG rhythms will help us identify the rhythms so we can provide the most appropriate evidence-based care. The characteristics of second-degree heart blocks and how we treat symptomatic patients with them is today's PASS ACLS tip topic. Listening to a tip daily for a few weeks before your class will help to cement the key concepts needed for you to pass your ACLS written exam in Megacode. Push the plus, follow, or subscribe button in your listening app, or activate the Pass ACLS flash briefing skill on your Amazon voice device so you don't miss upcoming tips. You can find additional ACLS-related resources at PassACLS.com. For your ACLS class's written exam, and generally speaking in the clinical setting, when looking at a strip or a rhythm on a monitor, assume it's lead 2. In time, people that look at monitors and strips regularly will just see the rhythm. For everyone else, I find it's best to use a systematic approach to identifying the rhythm. Here are the questions I ask myself when looking at an ECG. Is it slow, fast, or really fast, as indicated by a rate less than 60, over 100, or over 150? Is it regular or irregular? If irregular, is it regularly irregular or irregularly irregular? Are P waves and QRS complexes discernible? How long is the PR interval, and is it constant for every beat? In my head, this is how identifying every rhythm starts. I suggest that you find a system that works well for you, and then practice it regularly. Remember that when we look at an ECG, the P wave represents depolarization or contraction of the atria. The QRS complex shows movement down the bundle branch's fascicles and up through the Purkinje fibers, resulting in coordinated contraction of the left and right ventricles. The T wave represents repolarization. When there's a delay or blockage of the usual conduction pathway through the AV node, we see dysrhythmias on the ECG commonly referred to as blocks, heart blocks, or AV blocks. There are four basic heart blocks that we need to recognize to pass the ACLS written exam in Megacode. First degree, second degree Mobitz type 1, or Winkybach, second degree Mobitz type 2, and third degree, or complete heart block. We'll cover first and third degree heart blocks in another episode. For today, we'll review the two types of second degree AV blocks. For those curious about why heart blocks have names like Wingybach or Mobitz, check out the July 6, 2022 episode of The Curious Clinicians. It's not really needed for ACLS, but I found the history of these two cardiac physicians interesting and think you might as well. Now, let's examine the characteristics of second-degree Mobitz type 1. Looking at the ECG in lead 2, we see a mostly regular rhythm with discernible upright P waves and QRS complexes with an occasional missed beat. The PR interval is not constant. In fact, we see that the PR interval appears to get wider and wider 
until a QRS is skipped, and we see two consecutive P waves with the second P wave followed by a QRS with a normal PR interval less than 0.2 seconds, or five tiny boxes on a strip. This is a second-degree type 1, or Winkybach. This rhythm doesn't usually require treatment. If the patient is bradycardic and unstable, as indicated by the presence of hypotension, signs of shock, diminished level of consciousness, signs of acute CHF, or ischemic chest pain, then one milligram of atropine can be administered rapid IV push every three to five minutes, up to a maximum of three milligrams total, or three one milligram doses. If on the ECG we see a constant PR interval for QRS complexes, but there are two, three, or four P waves between every QRS, this is a second-degree type 2. If we have an unstable bradycardic patient with a second-degree type 2 AV block, we can try 1 milligram of atropine rapid IV push as our first-line intervention. Be aware that atropine may not be effective for patients in a second-degree type 2 or a third-degree AV block because atropine works on the SA node and not the AV node or the ventricles. If we see an increase in the frequency of P waves, but no increase in the pulse or the QRS complexes on the monitor, atropine isn't working, and subsequent doses can be skipped. If the first dose of atropine doesn't work, we should prepare for transcutaneous pacing. If there's a delay in starting TCP, a beta-adrenergic like dopamine or an epinephrine drip may be used while we prepare for pacing. Dopamine or epinephrine should be started at the lowest dose and titrated up slowly until we have a systolic blood pressure above 90 millimeters of mercury. We'll start dopamine at 5 micrograms per kilogram per minute and epinephrine at 2 micrograms per minute. Atropine, dopamine, and epinephrine increase the workload of the heart, so they should be used with caution in patients with suspected myocardial ischemia or a confirmed MI. To summarize, if the PR interval gets wider until it drops a beat, it's second-degree type 1, which is also referred to as Winkybach. And if the PR interval is constant, but not every P wave is followed by a QRS, it's a second-degree type 2. If you found today's tip on second-degree AV blocks helpful, be sure to share Pass ACLS on LinkedIn or other social media. I'm here to help you pass ACLS. Thanks for listening and good luck with your class.